0: Welcome into The Scoop, the number one UNC football and team recruiting podcast in the world, part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network, and brought to you by our good friends at Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com, the best and most local place for all your UNC apparel and UNC needs. That's Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. I'm your host, Ross Martin. As always, I'm joined by Don, Donnie Scoop. <laughs> I'm joined by Don, Donny Scoops Callahan. What's up, Don?
1: Not too much. As you know, I'm dealing with a bunch of stuff at home. We've got a leak in the bathroom. So we got fans all over the house. Got restoration people coming in all the time. Um, New internet going on, which hasn't had too many problems. Now, watch, we're going to, it's going to have a problem during this. So, um, yeah. And then just typical stuff. Kids starting school next week. So a lot of stuff going on in the Callahan household. How about you? You don't have to worry about kids. You, you don't have to worry about Internet and
0: you don't have to worry about leaks. So. Yeah, the kid stuff is uh, the kid stuff's by design. And uh, but your hair is looking great. And let's get into it, guys. If you want to see Don and I make sure to watch us on YouTube. Uh, we embed YouTube into the articles and you can also subscribe to uh, Inside Carolina Online. You can subscribe to Inside Carolina on YouTube and watch us. Also, I want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to the Inside Carolina podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a quick review about what you liked about The Scoop and other IC podcasts. And then hit the subscribe button to so get all the new podcasts in your feed. We're ramping up to football season. we got a lot of preseason talk, um, a lot of great stuff. Podcasts coming out almost every day during the week. So if you want all your UNC Football and basketball needs, make sure to subscribe to the Inside Carolina podcast. Guys, here's a plan. Got a lot of stuff. We're moving and grooving. We've got a lot of preseason camp talk, so we're, uh, we're trying to get all this in. We're going to recap some recent stuff with UNC football recruiting, including Jake Pope's commitment to Alabama, which impacts kind of what UNC's doing uh, at defensive back. We're getting to Andre Green, um, UNC's kind of main target wide receiver. We we'll talk a little bit about Don's trip to the Jamboree and some recruits he saw there. I don't know too much about that. So I'm like Don take the lead on that, and then we're gonna do some team talk. Uh, Don's gonna Don and I are gonna have a conversation about UNC football preseason camp. We're, we're about two weeks in the preseason camp now, and um, you know this is not just recruiting scoop. We're gonna do some team scoop here as well. So make sure you stay for that, and then we will get to Travis Shaw. We're recording this on Wednesday about 11:45 a.m. on Wednesday and Travis Shaw is announcing his college decision on Saturday at 6 p.m at Greensboro Grimsley High School. so make sure you stay get a little Travis Shaw preview. We're then going to go into a top five and get out of here guys we got a top five of what UNC needs in the 2022 class. Is that right, Don?
1: That is right.
0: All right I need a breakdown. What do you think about the layout for today's show?
1: I like it. We we actually got some really good life advice um, questions, but we probably won't get to that today. But um, that's good for next next time next podcast. So I'm excited. For that. Um, including Preston taking some shots at me. Control. Yeah. So if Control you have life question. advice
0: questions, Q and A questions, anything about you know wants to talk about or questions to us, you know, not really advice, but just you know, there's some things that can create conversation. Make yeah, sure. Yeah. Could be email. boxers or briefs. You know. Yeah. Anything. We'll get into anything uh make sure to email me at rossmmartin at gmail.com or dm me on um inside carolina or uh i think you can probably dm me on twitter as well but life questions life advice q a whatever we love it so we have some great questions that we're getting to we have more time all right Don, let's get into it here we're flying through it jake pope unity's major target at safety um recruited by jay bateman out of Georgia, he commits to Alabama on Monday. Um, this is uh, this is a big target for UNC. I mean, we've been talking about him for over a year now. Um, he visited UNC. He was highly desired by Bateman. Uh, and they lose out to Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. What happened there, and what does this mean for UNC recruiting? Yeah, I
1: mean, it's unfortunate for North Carolina, but I think it's actually a good sign that UNC is – fighting these blue bloods like alabama to the very end for these recruits like jake pope you know and i I know we we talked a bunch about you know like dalen everett with clemson and all that but this is another example that you know he he had a a final five of north carolina georgia ohio state notre dame and alabama um privately he never said this publicly but privately we were told that he narrowed it down to alabama and unc Mm. georgia might have kind of sort of been in there and this was, you know, a battle to the very end. I mean, he, he, he actually considered taking his recruitment into the into the season before making a decision, take some more visits to kind of help him. But, you know, all of a sudden, I guess a couple days after putting that out there that he was going to take some visits, he switched things around and, and set a decision date and committed to Alabama. And um, if you remember, we, we talked about how committing before the season was very important for him. He plays for Buford high school, which is a national powerhouse. They take football super serious at that school. So I was surprised when he considered going into the season. So, but it didn't surprise me when he, when he made that U-turn, I think um, in the weekly scoop, we'll go over a little bit on whether this is completely over or not. I'm not going to touch on that here, but uh, we'll have a little bit of information there in the weekly scoop.
0: Okay. I mean, anything on why he picked Alabama over North Carolina? I mean, it's Alabama
1: yeah i yeah i mean it's alabama you yeah. know I, I think um you know his his family liked alabama um i mean it's it's, it's a little Saban. closer i imagine too yeah you know i don't know that's a good question i've never i've never mapped it out um mm. but um i would imagine that if the difference between the two campuses probably wasn't super great uh, enough to make a difference but um you know, as far as, I just think it was, you know, national power, um, you know, make, you may always competing for national championships. I mean, we can go on and on about Alabama. I mean, I, I think it's easy to see why a kid would pick Alabama and play, want to play for Nick Saban.
0: For sure. All right, Jake Pope commits to Alabama. Subscribe to Inside Carolina if you want to read their weekly scoop. We have a, a bunch of deals running this week to get more on, on potentially what's going on there with Pope maybe in the future for UNC's 2022 class. So what does this mean for UNC safety recruiting? Quickly.
1: So I think that – well, they they, they offered – right before that happened, they offered Will Hardy, who was committed to Virginia. And um, we had some stuff in the weekly scoop from, from Will. You know, um, I think that right now he's a target, and I think UNC is going to keep its eyes open during the season to see who emerges. The problem is, is that so many classes – are already full. So many, so many of the top recruits have made their decisions or they're, or they're down to a handful of schools. So you can't just say, okay, let's go, go to this guy. So what you kind of have to do is, is there are pro- there are, I don't know, a handful, maybe, maybe more uh, prospects that, that UNC really likes and they want to see how they progress during the football season. If you remember uh, Dante Belfour a year ago was not on UNC's radar or not had not received mm-hmm. an offer from UNC. And and really didn't receive an offer until December. So mm-hmm. that that's always a possibility. And he was a guy that had a ton of potential and just had a really good senior season. So that that situation could play out again for this season.
0: For this, yeah. Wh- what you kind of worry about with how UNC's recruiting now is that they go all in on these really top recruits that Alabama, Notre Dame, Georgia, Clemson's going after. You miss out, and then you haven't. So I think you're recruiting behind them on maybe a little bit of a lesser known, lesser recruited prospect. I mean, UNC missed out on their two top cornerback targets and their top safety target, and so now I don't know if scrambling's the right word, but from the outside, they're they're kind of left with with you know empty-handed and have to kind of go back and um, start that process over to find uh, and to fill those spots.
1: Yeah, I think though that. Their numbers on their roster are good enough to where, if they let's say they don't sign another DB in this class, they'll be okay. Mm -hmm. I think they I think they do want to get one more. They have two Um, committed right now, right? Two committed. I think they want to get one more. Mm -hmm. Uh, But some of these positions we'll get into. Andre Green, for example, they feel like the numbers are at wide receiver are really good. Mm -hmm. But Andre Green is a guy who they have a really good shot with, and who. Despite, I mean, he's a four-star guy. He's a he's a ranked number 71 in the nation. Well, they feel like he's actually even better than that. So they w- they don't want to pass up a kid like that. Um, which do you want? to – Is that is that our segue? Do yeah, we want to segue into- there?
0: So we're don't put the Pope thing away. Jake Pope, defensive back, safety recruiting. I'm interested to see where UNC goes with defensive backs now. But we're gonna move along to Andre Green, four-star receiver out of uh, Virginia. Don, you spoke with him or you spoke with his dad, I believe. Yeah. Um you know, it's a confusing recruitment because he's visiting so many places. yeah, he was at UNC again for the cookout. What's just the update on Green? It's really UNC's main wide we receiver target for this class.
1: Yeah, so the, the interesting thing about Green, and you you've covered recruiting, so you know how it is, kids will say, I'm gonna visit this fi- these 15 schools in the <laughs> summer. And you know, logistically it's not possible. And they end up only visiting like three. Green actually said I'm gonna visit these 15. He didn't visit all 15, but he visited most of them. And through that, he was able to come down to a top six. And those okay. six are Clemson, North Carolina, Georgia, Oregon, LSU, Penn State. The most interesting development with that is that Notre Dame, which did not get a visit during the summer and had an official visit scheduled with him for the fall, did and initially was told they were going to make the cut to six they were actually dropped and that official visit was canceled. That changes his recruitment a lot because he initially, if, if, he, if that, uh, that official visit would have held, he would have only had one additional official visit to take during the season. Now he has two. He does have three schools that are in that six that he hasn't officially visited, which is going to be really interesting. He wants to take a bunch of visits during the season. The season's going to be a lot harder because he goes to a school, St. Saint, uh, Saint Christopher's that actually plays a lot of Saturday games. Mm. It's going to be key for North Carolina to get him back on campus. It was so he took all those visits in June. Then he then um, two schools he did not visit in June, Penn State and LSU. They got visits in July. But then two schools he visited in June got revisits. I guess return visits a better word. Um, it was Clemson, North Carolina. And so obviously the feeling is that those two schools are probably at the top there. He already plans on. Now this won't be on Clemson's campus. it will be in Charlotte, seeing Clemson and Georgia play in Charlotte. Um, he plans on visiting North Carolina for a game, but I think it's going to be really important to get that that visit locked in because, like as I mentioned, with the the conflict with his high school season.
0: Is he an early enrollee guy?
1: Um, no, he is not because his school does not. He goes to a very um, high, academic um, challenging academic school that does not allow that. That's that's very common for private schools, but mm-hmm. um, and you know what. I, I need to give a shout out to his dad, who is actually a big fan of the Scoop podcast. Really? Yeah.
0: What's the name? Andre Green Sr. There you go.
1: Yep. So hopefully he's doing well. He has some stuff going on, um, that, which is what <laughs> what led to... Um, Andre was supposed to announce it earlier in the month, but it, they took a couple of weeks, but they had some some personal stuff going on. So hopefully everything's going well with that. Um, but yeah, big fan of the, of the Scoop podcast. Uh, so now it, we know... We got Andre Green's dad listening. We got Ross's mom listens, and my mom listens. So we have three listeners.
0: Dion Glover.
1: Dion Glover. Does he listen? I don't. Know. I know he's been. A, I he want to say guy. he does. Well, my mom really doesn't listen.
0: I know Dion calls me. He's does a big. He? You text him. He calls you.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, shout out Andre Green, senior. Thanks for listening. Very intriguing that he is listening to a UNC football recruiting podcast. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of schools there, and again, UNC's going against um, some of the top programs in the nation, competing and recruiting against those top programs. And that's what it's going to be like, uh, shooting for the stars. You know, if you miss, yeah. land on the moon. All and, right, I mean, and
1: and I mean, and this is a question for you. I mean, this this is a this is a vertical threat, okay? OK. A wide receiver, similar to a Deami Brown. OK. Um, be, you know he play he's listed six three. I feel like he plays bigger than that. Great. Adding that sort of guy to UNC's receiving group, what, what what are your thoughts? I
0: mean, he's a top 100 player. He's ranked number 71 in the nation, number nine wide receiver in the country. He's an elite, high-level prospect, high high four star. I mean, that's they need that deep threat. It completely changes how the the offense runs. We can have really take the top off the defense, force them to guard you deep. And you can go underneath with a lot of routes. I and mean, Josh Downs, I think, he's going to have a great season. But I I am a little worried about who the deep threat is going to be for UNC um, this season with, with Diami and Daz gone, but those guys can make plays down the field. So, I mean, you, but they had, they took what three last year, mm-hmm. JJ, JJ Jones. Um, who else did they take last year? Gavin Blackwell and Kobe Pesar. So yeah, they, they do have a pretty stocked receiver room right now. We've heard some buzz with Justin Olsen and Steven Gosnell as well. Okay. Moving right along here, Don Andre green in the books. Let's get into your Friday jamboree you have listed here with with two recruits you want to single out. I'll let you take the field here um, and what happened with that, what you learned, et cetera.
1: Yeah, so these, the reason why we wanted to talk about this is, one, it happened on Friday, and and I didn't get a chance to kind of put my tidbits out there from this um, because we didn't run a a weekly scoop this past week. Um, But Noah Rogers, four-star wide receiver out of Roseville, that was the host school of this jamboree. K.J. Sampson, four-star defensive tackle from New Bern High School. These are both 2023 recruits. These are both guys who are definitely in the conversation for the top in-state recruit for the 2023 class. So it was great for me to see these guys. Rogers, it was hard to, to take a whole lot out of it because his quarterback only played a couple of drives, but um, he, he had a, a big um, red zone uh, reception uh, where he just... You know, jump ball situation where where, where I pull it down. There's a bunch of highlights of that on um, Twitter. Check that out. He also had another um, jump ball, a uh, deep ball um, that was nice. But I was most impressed with Samson. I mean, obviously you expect a guy like that. He moves really well, very long um, for for his size. Um, obviously making a lot, not of, lot of um, putting a lot of pressure on the on the quarterback. But what most surprised me was just down the field the tackles he was making, you know, you would see, you know, a, a cross uh, pattern guy catches it. Someone makes a tackle. You look, Oh, it's KJ. You see a screen that's happening. A wide receiver screen on the opposite side of the field. A a receiver catches it tackle. Who is it? KJ. So super impressed, but just his, I mean, sideline to sideline play. So those are two guys that definitely, you know, obviously UNC is all for both. So definitely to um, to keep in mind as we as we move more into the twenty twenty three class because because that's that, that's happening you know in the mm-hmm. next few weeks because twenty two is is basically being wrapped
0: up. Let me go through these two players here for our listeners to make sure they know who these players are because I these are new names to me as well. It's always a transition you know, just as you're getting to know the twenty two class. It kind of wraps up. You have to get to know the 2023. Maybe we class. need like
1: a, a 23 introductory podcast coming up.
0: Yeah. Maybe after signing day. I don't know. Okay. Noah Rogers, you mentioned the wide receiver, right? You talked about him already, right?
1: Yes. Okay. I talked From, about both of them. Noah Rogers yeah. and KJ Sampson. Yep.
0: From Rollsville High School. Uh, Noah Rogers, 6'1, 180, ranked 130 in the nation. You know, kind of in that um, in that Raleigh area, number 21 wide receiver. Keith Sampson, K, KJ Sampson.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's listed as Keith Sampson on 24-7 sports. Uh, defensive lineman, 6'3", 285 from Newborn, New Bern, North Carolina. I haven't seen a New Bern recruiter uh, prospect in a long time. Which reminds me,
1: so another tidbit from that. Do you remember Kevin Reddick? Yep. He was there. He you know he has his own training company that he's that's doing really well. Um, he's talked about expanding and everything like that. So he was there to see um, his, his New Bern teammate so he's a new burn product
0: great and uh Keith Sampson's rake number 218 in the nation number 33 defensive lineman number six player in the state of North Carolina quickly how do you see the 2023 class in the state of North Carolina stacking up with the 22 class and 21 class 21 class I remember was really strong yeah 22 not as strong um with some talent at the top
1: yeah so because of the pandemic and because the state played in in the spring i think there are a lot of prospects who have yet to emerge as legit Mm -hmm. prospects and that we're going to see a lot a lot more additional names the thing that pops out to me most about the 23 class is that the prior few classes there was a clear number one travis shaw clear number one in this class um the class before that there was a clear number one um was that i can't remember was it will Uh, shipley no, um, who was it? I guess that one wasn't a clear number one because you're Will Shipley, or, uh, Drake May. Um, so, but anyway, I feel like this class and the class before that one, you had Des Evans. But anyway, so I feel like this class is pretty wide open. At one point, um, two, two seven had Christian Hamilton, number one. Now I think it's Rico Walker. I mean, I think Hamilton, uh, I mean, I think Walker, um, Chris Culver, I really love a lot from uh, Maiden, Noah Rogers, Keith Sampson. Uh, I mean, they're all in the conversation to be, you know, the top guy. And, and I really think you're going to see a lot of um, jumbling in that, in that ranking, which I think is going to be interesting.
0: I think Keyshawn Silver was the number one prospect in the state. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Keyshawn Silver, then Will Shipley, then Drake May, then Evan Pryor, Peyton Page, Ra-Ra Dilworth, Power Eccles, Javari Ritzy, Kamen, Marley, and DeAndre Boykins. Can... Yeah, that was super deep class. That twenty-one yeah. class. You love it. All right, good stuff, Don. Let's take a quick break before I want to tease what we talk about. We're gonna get some team talk, some team scoop, some UNC football talk with with Don taking the kind of host, oh yeah, question side, and myself uh, taking more of the um, analyst, talking head side, and then we're gonna to get to Travis Shaw and some Travis Shaw. Um, preview chatter uh, as we're days away from uh, decision day from announcement day for the five-star defensive tackle first i want to talk to you about johnny t-shirt and johnny t-shirt.com the one-stop shop for all your unc apparel needs remember all inside carolina subscribers can use the 10 percent off discount code found on the um, premium message boards football and basketball to get 10 percent off your order from johnny t-shirt and johnnyt t-shirt.com great online store great customer service, very easy, very simple. And of course, if you're coming in town for games, coming in town to see your kids in college or just driving through Chapel Hill, they have a store right on Franklin Street to check out all their stuff. I mean, we're talking t-shirts, jerseys, everything you need for a tailgate. You know, you're going in town for a tailgate for a game. You you forgot this, forgot that, need a t-shirt for your kids. Make sure to go to Johnny T-Shirt, JohnnyT-shirt.com. Great for gifts and everything you need with UNC apparel, got to have a jersey great place to get gifts for everybody anything anything you think of for unc they have accessories jerseys headwear um, home office kitchen auto school sports and they always have good sales uh, available online and on the store and remember that 10 percent off discount code for all inside carolina subscribers johnny t-shirt and johnny t-shirt.com we'll take a quick break for some more ads. we're back to talk unc football and travis shaw and we're back on the inside carolina podcast you're listening to the scoop i'm your host ross martin and of course we have don donnie scoops callahan don how you feeling how you doing i'm good i'm excited this is going to be my uh, debut as
1: a i guess interviewer
0: all right take the stage all you all right so
1: Let's lay the lay the um, the background here, okay? okay? Apparently, Ross was booted off of the podcast, the Beat Podcast, and I'm not going to have it. I'm not. <laughs> because Ross is very informed, and his voice needs to be heard. So, we're going to make a little place here. You know, screw them. Ross, this is Ross's home. So, on, in addition <laughs> to that, it's funny, when I'm on the road, I get asked all the time by the team. Obviously, I follow it, but like the, the opening week of practice, I was at a bunch of high school practices. So there's it's in my schedule, super busy when I'm on the road. So there's very little I was able to pay attention to. So this actually is kind of self-serving in a way, too, because I definitely have some questions that I would love to get answered. Okay. I actually ended up, so I, I tried to go back and cram as much as I possibly could. And I had a bunch of questions, but I understand we're limited in time. So I limited it to three questions. First question for you, Ross. <laughs> okay. Offensive line. Obviously, uh, UNC returns a bunch, but from at least a stack, a sack standpoint, UNC wasn't uh, statistically wasn't very good. It was one of the worst teams in allowing sacks last season. Will the offensive line be better this year?
0: <laughs> Great question. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to think you're going to be better, right? You return all five starters and you return everybody from that room, Um when you, they didn't lose anybody, there were no seniors on the roster, and so they return every starter. Awesome Richards at left tackle. You've got Marcus McKeithen at uh, at left guard. Brian Anderson, who's been out for the first two weeks of training camp, is kind of just getting back into drill work, but is not in the live action. Is the going to be the start at, at center? Um, right now, they have Quarion Johnson manning the starting center spot. You have. Joshua Zudu, who the staff loves and is an NFL guy, a super versatile at, at right guard. And then of course you have Jordan Tucker, who is starting his third season at, at right tackle. So you have a lot of experience. And I think when you look at a line like that, they're just going to perfect and fine tune the things they need to get better on from last season. So is it going to be better? Yes. And I think it's not only because that group is going to get better individually, they're going to have more chemistry the issues from last year, they're going to be able to focus on with more time. I think there's a lot of depth there as well. You have guys like William Barnes, who can now play some guard and some tackle. I think they trust him a little bit more. You have a guy like Jonathan Adorno, who they like as a backup guard. He can play some center as well. And your boy, Caden Baker, has emerged mm. as kind of the backup left tackle, a versatile guy. What I'm interested to see is if someone does get hurt at guard or at tackle, does Joshua Zudu move to that spot, especially at tackle? to, to, um, to take that spot because entering the spring and kind of entering this, this training camp, Joshua Zudu was your backup left tackle, your backup, right tackle, and your starting left guard. So they didn't trust guys like, you know, Caden Baker or Barnes to, to take those spots. They would go with a Zudu. So that's super interesting kind of wrinkle to how they build depth. And, I'm I'm not uh, mentioning Ed Montillis. if Zudu moves to a tackle spot. Montillus, who they think of as kind of the sixth starter who started a lot of games already at UNC moves to that um, left tackle or right tackle spot. I forget which one. Yeah. I might've missed, I might've switched those positions up. McKeithen might be your left.
1: Yeah, my let me go back. Or, my notes yeah. had
0: it's, it's it's McKeithen and and Azudu at yeah. your at your two guard spots. I Always forget what side. My
1: notes on. have um Azudu at left and McKeithen at right. But yeah, you that know. makes sense. I think
0: yeah, I, I switched them up. So yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's been a it kind of shows you the, the the quality of recruiting. I think by Fedora. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, Azudu has become kind of a diamond in the rough. He wasn't a massive recruit, was he? no no and he was like a late bloomer sort of guy i mean he's an all acc type caliber um uh, guard they love marcus mm-hmm. McKeithen. he's an nfl guy as well and then he was a, like, he
1: was a diamond in a rough he was the last camp of yeah, that summer there. came at the very end um massive and, dude shows up from a small yeah, town south huge, carolina yeah
0: and they were kind of waiting for him to get there he ran the 40 was super athletic They offered on the spot and i
1: told you the story about how i couldn't find a hotel anywhere close to his town in south carolina yeah. End up staying in 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 Charlotte and having to wake up like super early to get to their early morning practice.
0: Yeah, and then they—I mean, I think the, the big thing to look at is the improvement of Awesome Richards. Um, mm. you know, he was the uh, first year starter last year as a redshirt freshman. He <laughs> was the guy I think was kind of the weak link on that line. So I think his improvement will, will kind of dictate how good this uh, group can be at pass protection. But hey, I lo- and you love Brian Anderson as a, as a third year senior starter. Mm-hmm. At, at center, that leadership, that communication, he's critical, and so you got to hope that he gets back and healthy. And we all love Brett Anderson, his personality, his leadership. All yeah, great kid for all, offensive line. All right, there's your offensive line. All right, going sticking with the offensive line. I mean, sticking with the offense.
1: Running back is obviously a big question. You know, I um, I felt like when North the games in North Carolina lost last year, it wasn't because of the passing game. It was because opponents were able to to I don't want to say shut down, but they were able to neutralize a little bit the running game. So obviously, running the running back position, I feel like is really underrated for this offense. Um, so, a two part question: One, Ty Chandler throughout seems like the the guy. Um, will he be the guy at the end of the season? Meaning, mm-hmm. not I mean, obviously he's a senior, so he's going to graduate. But will someone basically leap him and become a guy, the guy, at some point? The second part is what? How is it shaping up? behind you know, as a second running back because we know north carolina likes to rotate i've heard uh, caleb hood's name mentioned dj jones has mentioned ross lay out the running back position for us please. i
0: mean there's no reason to think that ty chandler like won't be the guy coming of the season it's kind of hard to predict what happens but i haven't watched too much of his tape i haven't watched too much of tennessee over the last three seasons but they love his experience and what he brings his versatility his ability to catch the ball in the backfield his ability to pass protect as a kind of a veteran, you know, this is his fifth year playing running back. So they, they like him and they needed that veteran presence after losing Javante and Michael Carter. So we're sitting here in August. I mean, yeah, I think he'll be there. I think if he stays healthy, he's not the a guy, they're going to rely on a lot, but they're going to need, they like to run two or three running backs last year. They only ran two Um, who knows it can be more of a committee this year. I'm just, but, well, I'm just wondering if there is a
1: guy like dj jones for example if yeah. right now he's running second or third or whatever maybe, it may be uh, it eventually becomes a guy you think hood okay. it's caleb
0: hood yeah i mean i think okay it was uh the running backs coach larry porter or it might have been mac brown who said that you know hood has kind of emerged that second back now more of a power back so i think him and dj jones are the next two guys behind uh ty chandler um and we were high on hood like you thought he'd yeah. be a pretty a pretty good running back. So that'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens when he carries the ball. Can he be dynamic like Javante? I've always, I've done some radio spots. I did one yesterday. It's going to be hard to replace what Michael Carter and Javante Williams did. You're just not going to find that production. They had an unbelievable once in a a 10-year, once in a 20-year type season. I mean, you're not going to find and have that kind of explosive, dynamic running ability. They were breaking tackles, running over people, making guys miss every play last season. I just don't think you're going to find a, a duo like that for a couple more years. Um, so you have Ty Chandler, you have Caleb Hood, you have DJ, DJ Jones, and, and usually you're not going to get more than three running backs. So behind them, British Brooks, Elijah Green, Josh Henderson, I think maybe may, may get a chance too. So okay. it'll be interesting to see kind of behind Ty Chandler and Hood, you know, where they, they rotate in, Jones, um, if Chandler, or sorry, if Henderson gets a chance or if green gets a yeah, chance, he's kind
1: of like the lost guy
0: Chandler, understand you know, um, that. Henderson, yeah, he, he looked good in the spring. And, and, and I think players tend to mention him a lot when they talk about running backs. So we'll yeah. see, but well, you know, people hype up all these players, hype yeah. all the running backs, hype up all the wide receivers. Oh, we can go eight, 10 deep on defensive line. And really you all, it they never play as many players as you yeah. think, because there's this drop well, It's off. the same
1: thing. Tip, now, this will be different for running back because I think some true freshmen will play. But you always hear, oh, these all these freshmen are going to pl- see the field, and then they maybe see the field special teams, and that's it.
0: You know, yeah, what I mean? like last year, I mean, Josh Downs hyped up as this great freshman yeah. receiver. I mean, he didn't just play that much because Daz Newsom was better, yep. exactly. and you'd rather have Daz Newsom in for, for 80 reps, and that's how it's been going to go in running back, too. Like, I don't think there's going to be more than two or three running backs that play more. So, and wide receivers kind of the same situation? Is that the next topic? No, it's no. but wide receivers? I mean, there's so many names are dropping, but I don't think Josh downs is going to get off the field much. And if, mm-hmm. if they like Emory Simmons a lot, I think it's going to be a little more committee there, but it's not like you're going to be playing six, seven receivers. going to be more yeah. like four five receivers. So we'll see.
1: And the Caleb hood stuff makes complete sense to me. Ben Sherman did a very savvy move by bringing up the uh, inside the commitment that that I wrote on uh, Caleb Hood interviewing his dad uh, a year. Well, I guess it was less than a year ago, um, which was super interesting to just learn just this kid has been training for, you know, college football and beyond from a very young age. And so it's, I mean, he's as polished a freshman as you're going to get, you know, Um, So, so it doesn't surprise me at all that, that hood and he works so hard. He's such a great kid. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Defensive line, as you, you let the cat out of the bag is our next topic. My, my question here is, and we touched on this a little bit, but tons of just raw talent that Bateman and Tim cross have at their disposal because of the recruiting UNC has done, who is actually going to end up playing.
0: Hmm. So I wrote a great article mm. about defensive line that published earlier this week. Make sure you and read it. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, it worked a long time on it because there's so many quotes, but yeah, I think so. My hot take here is that defensive line is going to be the one group that has improved the most to the point where it's the most important position group that will make UNC better. Like if UNC is better, In 2021, it's because of the improvement of the defensive line. That's the group that's taking the biggest jump. It's going to help this defense be a lot better. It's going to help them win close games and win the games they would have lost last season. So that group is going to take the biggest jump. Now, starters. I mean, it's Raymond Vohacek, who what what a great find. I mean, two year starter, a big solid guy, good leader. You know, has some NFL chances now. Just another great story about you know wasn't going to play college football. And and then goes JUCO route, gets injured, but gets picked up by Carolina, found by Carolina, and, and is here three three seasons at, at UNC, has a chance to stay for a fourth, but but could go in the NFL. He's your guy at nose tackle. He'll play a lot, won't play as much because they have death behind him. Miles Murphy, you know, you followed his recruitment, you covered his recruitment. He's emerged like the kind of the, the second guy, you know, a starter uh, at defensive line after playing a decent amount last season. But Miles Murphy, I think, has jumped. Kind of Tamari Fox and become that guy who can play end and play tackle next to the Um And I think KJ Hester, who a guy we don't, he didn't play much last year. He played some, but he, I think is going to be that one of those third guys. Um, so I'm excited to see what Hester can bring. I mean, I've never talked to the guy. I don't think, uh, I don't know much about, you know, him as a player, but he's- I talked to him
1: one time when he committed, cause he was one of those guys at North Carolina. Just, just started recruiting when Mac Brown took office. Yeah. Quick so commitment, was-
0: quick recruitment. Was he the football yeah. player? Or was that Varner?
1: Um, I, yeah, yeah. He was a basketball player, very limited, um, football experience. I think he might only played a senior season of football. Um, yeah. And he came on an official visit, uh, received a scholarship offer there. And, and it might've been like a situation, like the week of scheduled the official visit, Got an offer, committed, signed like a week later. It was a yeah. boom, boom, boom.
0: Yeah, so I think those three guys. But I think I think Tamari Fox will play a lot. I think they like him as a pass rusher. I think Clyde Pinder they like as a pass rusher. They're going to bring him in on the special situations. I think they, they've had him lose a little weight. Clyde Pinder's at 285. So they like him as a pass rushing specialist. I think Varner's going to play a lot. He's a big body, can play inside. Um, and I think Ritzy, a little scoop here. Yeah, I heard – I put this in the article, actually. Excuse, excuse me. I have a little issue there. Um, <laughs> I think Ritzy's going to play impact minutes, impact okay. reps. So okay. 15 to 20, 25 reps. They love Ritzy and what he can bring. Splash in the spring has been a beast in the weight room, really gotten his body to where it needs to be. Um, super athletic. You know, we remember some of the lines that Wilt Fong – see, Wilt set up about Ritzy's elite athleticism. He's going to be a special player for UNC um, – and he also kills it in the classroom from yeah, what I've a great told. Guy. And what else is he? A former Scoop podcast guest. Oh,
1: that's right. And, yeah. yeah. And he almost, he overslept.
0: The that's Scoot right. Podcast. And, I had to Keish- call
1: mama. how Keishon do you get mama Silver.
0: involved? <laughs> yeah, Keyshawn Silver, also a, uh, a former Scoop podcast yeah. guest. So, all right. So I think those are all the names. Did i I min- not mentioned. anybody? I'm trying to think. Um, Jaleel Taylor, a backup player, um, mm-hmm. provides some depth there. But they, they love the depth there. Now, your question, how many people truly will play, maybe they can go too deep with, with six guys. Um, and so, I mean, I, I'm not sure how much Keyshawn and, and Javari will play. I think Javari play a lot more than Keyshawn. And then it becomes a, a matter of, you know, how many times can you take Vojacek out? How many times can you take Miles Murphy out? Then who can get in there and play 10? 15 20 reps a game but they love the depth there it's gonna so much better than last season everyone's back and they've added some nice pieces and those freshmen uh miles murphy um uh, clyde pender varner and hester they were i think they were redshirt freshmen last season they have really improved to the point where they can become impact players and on the only outside you know you don't really they're not really defensive linemen but des evans um and, and Kamen rucker Tamon Fox are definitely impact players that come down as outside linebackers and provide pass rushing ability and set the edge there too. So they love what they got in Des Evans and came in um, and came in Rucker and of course Tamon Fox and Chris Collins kind of are those hybrid players who are you know part outside linebacker, part defensive line, but certainly you know play a role in that three four uh, defensive front.
1: All right, sounds good. So we are done with the 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 team aspect. Let's roll right into the second best athlete to ever come out of Grimsley High School. Second to Ross Martin. We're going to go to Travis Shaw. And you're okay. going to be covering the event.
0: Also, that's, that's the plan right now. I think you're going to be there. I'm going, I'm to, going be to be there. there. Um, uh, Kirsten's going to be there. Our new video going to be there. Yeah, is going to be, yep. be there and Hawkins. Um, yeah, let's get CBS into it.
1: H- yeah, CBS HQ is going to be um, streaming it live. It's going to be in the stadium. Um, which is going to be really cool. He purposely found a date that there are no other Grimsley High athletics going on so that the entire school can be there. So I think it's going to be a super exciting event. Yeah, he's down to, essentially, he's down to three. North Carolina AT is technically his, his fourth finalist, but Clemson, North Carolina, Georgia. He officially visited Georgia and North Carolina in June. And Clemson, he took basically it was an unofficial visit, but it was set up very similar to an official visit with the schedule and with what he was able to do, but obviously he had to pay for everything. Um, then comes July. Clemson opened up that, that last week of July that's open for visits with an all in cookout. He attended that. Then he had to make a big decision, which I think might've been telling. I don't know. Um, he says, don't count anybody out, but uh, North Carolina, Georgia held a cookout on that last day before the dead period, he and his family chose to go to North Carolina, which kind of strummed up that this maybe is down to North Carolina and Clemson. You know, we've been talking about it all year. You know, Clemson has been kind of a, a bugaboo for UNC, this class. There, there are guys that UNC thought they had, Dalen Everett, for example, who um, ended up at Clemson. And, yeah. you know, so this has the potential for that. You know, um, for you, I want to know from a fellow product of Grimsley High School, mm-hmm. how exciting is this for you?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Don, you kind of like didn't really set this whole thing up. I mean, this is the Travis Shaw decision announcement preview, five star defensive tackle from Grimsley High School, six-five, three-ten 310 plus. Number four player in the country, number two defensive lineman, number one Does player. Does Travis in this Shaw
1: need an introduction, though?
0: Yeah, we've been talking about it all night long, but I mean, this is list- the preview announcement. He's announcing yeah. Saturday at 6 p.m. at Grimsey High School. I'm sure it's an open ceremony. It will also be streamed on CBS, HQ. We'll have all those links on Inside Carolina with a how to watch article. This is huge. I mean, look, the crystal ball is going towards, it's been trending towards, North Carolina, I'd be very interested to see what you would say if you had a scoop this week, a weekly scoop, whether he would be in your uh, favorable vibes or whatever. What do you call that section? Strong, Strong vibes. vibes. Yeah. So it, it, there's – I mean, there's a reason why we're sending you know, four people to this ceremony, but this is a massive recruitment. It's UNC going head-to-head with Clemson and Georgia, two of the bigger programs in the southeast and in the nation, and this is a guy – 60 minutes, one hour from UNC down the road in a very kind of Carolina, UNC town in Greensboro, North Carolina, my hometown, my high school. Um, it's a very – I mean, love, loving and following this recruitment. I went to the, the state championship game, and uh, I've been to tons of Grimsy football games, not to make this about myself, but it does have a little a personal attachment there. But uh, Travis Shaw, huge announcement. And if UNC were to land this – you know, obviously we have tons of coverage on it, but it's a massive recruitment, a massive get for the Tar Heels if it were to happen up there with Marvin Austin and Tony Grimes and Sam Howe, an impactful, massive recruitments for the Tar Heels and completely, um, you know, announces UNC again as kind of beating Clemson, beating Georgia. It's a huge get for the football side of things in terms of getting a massive six foot five, 330, athletic, long, big-time defensive tackle in the middle for the Tar Heels that kind of gives them – uh, a really nice piece for, for three or four years to come. And, um, and of course, the in-state aspect of UNC closing the borders, beating out Clemson and other schools for the, the, the most elite and most talented high ranked player in the state.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, this would be, if North Carolina scores this commitment, this would be huge on so many different levels, just from, from an athletic standpoint, obviously UNC is continuing its, it's string of signing elite, elite defensive linemen. We talked about the, what North Carolina has a defensive line on this roster already. You're adding this guy, this, I mean, and this guy, is. it's going to be hard to keep him off the field, even with what North Carolina has, you know, as a true freshman, um, on, on top of that, it, it would, it would be North Carolina's one true um, recruiting win over Clemson. If you want to say, UNC beat Clemson for, uh, Tony Grimes. I'm not going to argue with that. Um, although I think Clemson kind of messed up there a little bit, um, earlier on and Clemson really wasn't a factor late in the game, but I'm not going to argue with it. I'll give that to you, but still it would be a clear cut, no argument. Clemson is definitely a finalist. Clemson definitely wants his kid. Georgia is a finalist. Georgia definitely wants this kid. It would be a huge. And then also it, it you know, Travis Shaw would be what, arguably north carolina's biggest commitment ever yeah you know fr- from you know the 247 standpoint marvin austin slightly edges him with the numbers wise but mm-hmm. i mean that that's that could change
0: and that's so long ago i mean finally wrap this up i mean yeah in the past if clemson wants a guy they come in into the state and they take that top recruit that's what um, they did last class with shipley with the, with the outside linebacker from winston-salem
1: Payne page um, um zaire yeah. patterson yeah
0: Any player they want, and they really want, and they go all in, they get them. All right. Pay attention to Inside Carolina. Tons of coverage. We'll be there if it happens. If he commits to UNC, we'll have complete coverage. And be sure to kind of pay attention to the boards for information on how to stream this. We got to move along to the top five. I got to get out of here. I have a big lunch coming up. Uh Let's run through the top five. Don, this was uh, the top five kind of things UNC needs in the 2022 class. We'll read a couple, talk about a couple, and uh, and then get out of here. How about that? All right,
1: sounds good. We got a lot of submissions here. We did, we did. People like
0: this. This is a little dated. I mean, this is probably one we talked about a month ago. Yeah. Some of the things is is some
1: some people um, gave me updated lists, so which was good.
0: Okay, I'll start from the top. All right. Ryan from Chapel Hill. The the top things UNC needs once out of the twenty twenty two class, a big run run stuffing safety. I think Jacorius Conley uh, will lose him after his junior years so when you reload there. A downhill running back. I love our running backs, but we need another physical runner like Javante. I think Caleb Hood will be that in the coming years, uh, but he'll need breaks. If you want to really want run a Lincoln Riley-style air raid with downhill running game, you continue to recruit downhill runners. Big downhill running guy. One, if not two, elite offensive tackles. Possession receivers, guys like Switzer, Prol, Corrales, Downs can really open things up downfield. The act is essentially the running game in addition to getting getting into the open field. Possession receiver, what a need from Ryan from Chapel Hill. Kind of off the, off the um, reserve, uh, I don't know. All right. <laughs> edge setting, defensive M. I think we I don't think we necessarily need another edge rusher. We need someone to set the edge against the run. I saw Des Evans grow so much in that aspect last year. We need to replace that productivity.
1: All right, I got Kale. This is a a first time submission. So welcome Kale. Kale from Denver, one of my best friends from college lives in Denver. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go through these pretty quickly. I'm not going to read every single thing, but number five, Andre Green. We talked about him earlier. Number four, Hampton and/or Petaway. Hampton obviously has committed since this submission. is still out there. You were in good spot there. Uh, two, two B, Dalen Everett. You could tell how dated this is. Yeah. Uh, two A, Zach Rice. Zach Rice is still, um, still out there. And then for number one, he has one A, one B, and one C. Travis Shaw. We talked about that. He's announcing on Saturday.
0: And then he said, I believe he will be in the other team's backfield so much that opposing coaches will be asked the refs to verify that he has a valid camping permit. Great line.
1: That is a great line.
0: All right. Noah from Korea, our, our top listener in Korea. He has a bunch of things here. I won't read them all, but I'll read what he says. Win one high, pro- high profile recruiting battle. That's a great kind of look at it. They need to win a big recruiting battle. He mentioned Zach Rice. You mentioned Jaden Lucas, obviously, very dated here, but, and also Travis Shaw. QB depth, whether or not someone transfers, and even though it seems like we're in the good shape with the, with a couple of 2023 QBs, obviously they got a commitment already from a 2020 QB. Um, The ghost of years gone by has shown QB rooms can get thin real fast. It seems like we're in good shape with Connor Harrell and he fits the bill. So since this, they've had two quarterbacks commit Harrell and who's the 2023? Quarterback,
1: uh, Ted Hudson.
0: Ted Hudson. Three running back depth. Realistically, we're probably fine with Josh Anderson, Caleb Hood in 23, but Hampton or Petaway, which increases that talent. They obviously have landed Hampton They're a good spot for Petaway. We didn't talk about Petaway today, though. And Noah wants Zach Rice. And his other need for the 2020 class is just win. Important thing we can do for recruiting in 23 and beyond is go win football games, get the momentum and back it up on the field.
1: All right, I'm going to go with Dale. Long time. Probably has the longest streak of submissions. Number five, ball hawking safety. Number four, left tackle, Rice. Mm-hmm. Number three, shut down cornerback. UNC missed on those. If, if, if UNC is going to add a uh, shut down cornerback, it's going to be something they have yet to offer. Quarterback, which they got. And Connor, <laughs> I apologize for, we kept on pushing this back, which is yeah. a problem. We, have, and number always one, too much,
0: we always have too much to talk about.
1: We do. We do number one, Travis Shaw, going to be announcing on Saturday.
0: There you go. All right, um, there's a bunch of more submissions. I'll read Carlon, Carlin from Davidson. You gotta uh,
1: read he, Preston from Greensboro. No,
0: we're not reading his dude. That's so offensive. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get out of here. I'll read one more. We'll get out of here. Carlin from Davidson. I think he's a new submitter. Uh, I get it. Don't you have your top five? Yeah, we'll read we'll read our twos to get out of here.
1: All right, all right, come on.
0: Carlin Davidson. Get a talented wide receiver in Green. You get Everett. And now we have DBU. Missed on Everett. Snag Lucas from Clemson. Missed out on Lucas. Zach Rice and Travis Shaw. All right, Don, give me yours. We got to do Trevor from Hall River at least. All right. Because he it.
1: is it first time. All right. And it's pretty simple. Number five, Jake Pope. And number four, George Petaway. Number three, Andre Green. Number two, Zach Rice. And number one, Travis Shaw. Right, Preston from Greensboro, five. I love your number one, but yeah, we probably can't read that. All right, my top five. Uh, number number five, um, DB, and I have um, uh, Will Hardy in there. That's he's committed to Virginia. I think it's important for North Carolina to get one more DB in this class, um, and so he's the only one that's offered at the moment. Number four, is Zach Rice, and I feel like um, two, three, and four are kind of you can kind of shake them up and just roll them out. Zach Rice be huge to get a five star offensive lineman. I'm not, you know, offensive lineman is so hard to rank. And so it's not like, you know, if UNC misses out, I don't think it's like a huge thing. But obviously you get a guy with that much talent, you know, it it would be great. Um, number three, George Petaway. I, I love this kid as far as um, his talent level, and he'd be so amazingly dynamic. I, if, if, if he committed to North Carolina, I'd be curious to see if, if he can see some time as a, as a true freshman, just because this kid is a hard worker mm-hmm. and, and just so dynamic. Um, number two, Andre Green. We talked about this earlier. I think that North Carolina's offense, as of right now, and obviously things can change this season, someone can emerge, but UNC doesn't have that stretch-to-field guy. I feel like this is the guy and I feel like North Carolina's offense needs that guy. And we, we might be needing that this season. Now that De'Ami Brown is gone. Number one, Travis Shaw. And we talked about why it would be important from, you know, from the athletic standpoint, from the um, statement st- standpoint, so many reasons why Travis Shaw would be the number one most half for North Carolina for the rest of his class.
0: Great. And mine are very similar, but I'm gonna go a little bit different perspective. I think okay. they need to go in and steal an elite defensive back from another school, whether that okay. be Jake Pope, maybe something happens at Clemson,
1: okay. or go into
0: another, maybe a guy we don't know yet that's not out there. Go in and get you an elite defensive back, whether it be safety or cornerback, could be one of both. They will they will they will take another defensive back. They'll take another cornerback and safety, I believe. So go in and get you and get you a, a two elite defensive backs or at least one from another program. This is North Carolina. They're going to be winning on the field. They can go in and make some moves when, when maybe some coaches become iffy on whether they're going to be there or not next year. Go in and land Andre Green. That'd be huge to, to beat out schools like Clemson and other schools going for Green. Same thing with OL. If you don't get Rice, go in and find. You have, you have a couple months to go find and steal an elite offensive lineman, offensive tackle, from another school. Maybe there's some coaching issues. Maybe something happens and another team's losing. UNC's winning. Go, don't settle. Go and try to get and win and beat out another school for a committed offensive tackle. George Petaway. Don talked about him already. He's incredible. I love his tape. Um, that'd be a huge recruiting win and just a good get. and Another player from the 757. And of course, Travis Shaw. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I know we kind of rushed here at the end. We apologize, but we got a lot going on here. Make sure to tune in to all our coverage on Travis Shaw's commitment announcement. We'll be there for it. Tune in to Inside Carolina. Read all the scoops. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Not only to Inside Carolina, but to Inside Carolina YouTube and to the Inside Carolina podcast. We appreciate you listening.